What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today with Week Three's trade targets. Guys that we're going to be buying, must-buy guys that are on the low right now that we can get for 90 cents on the dollar. You guys know I do this video every single Wednesday. We have two weeks in the books now for fantasy football. A lot of information has been thrown at us. We got to figure out who might be the real deal, who might not be the real deal, and all that stuff. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, go down below, leave a like. You guys left about 250 likes on last week's Week 2 Trade Targets video. On a 9,000 view video, I'm expecting that number to be closer to 500. So if you enjoy, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below as well. I will answer pretty much every question that gets asked in the first day of this video dropping and subscribe if you already have not done so. So all those three things are free support that you can provide us with if you guys enjoy. But with that being said, let's get into it. Okay, so a quick refresher on the types of players that we're going to be buying. Remember, buying low means one of two things over here at Fantasy Stock Exchange. Number one, we're going to buy low on elite talents who might have some uncertainty surrounding them, whether it's due to their usage, how good their offense is playing, how good they themselves are playing, whatever the case is. And then number two, positive regression candidates that we can decipher whether they're going to be better in the future based on their usage metrics, based on their targets, based on their routes, based on their touches, all that kind of stuff is included in today's video. So the running back landscape right now has kind of been being shaken up after the first two weeks of fantasy football. So I want to focus a lot on running backs in this video because some of my favorite buy lows are at this position with a lot of these elite running backs having down performances this past week. Last week, I talked about Alvin Kamara. He's still a solid buy low as well. We have Derrick Henry who had a bad game. We have Dalvin Cook who had a bad game. Najee Harris who had a bad game. A lot of guys that we can talk about in this video, but the first guy that I really want to dig into is Austin Eckler. Everybody is panicking on Austin Eckler right now because the usage is not really up to snuff. But here's what the issue is with Austin Eckler. His usage is on par through two games as it's been throughout all of last year when he was a top five running back. It's almost identical to last year, in fact. He has the same snap percentage, same carry percentage, same routes, higher target share even this year. The only real difference is that the big plays for Austin Eckler and the touchdowns, the goal line work, hasn't come yet. And that stuff is all going to regress positively. We know this offense is going to be great, led by Justin Herbert. They have a good offensive line, great weapons around them, uh, with Keenan Allen potentially coming back soon. That should lend itself to more scoring opportunities for Austin Eckler. So if your local Austin Eckler manager is panicking and is going to sell him for you know top 10 running back prices when he should be going for top five running back prices, then you can definitely swoop in and take advantage. You guys can see, as we always do in this video, give you some examples of who you can trade for a guy like Austin Eckler. You can do two for ones like this all the time. Mike Evans, great receiver. I would much rather have uh, Austin Eckler package in a guy like Chase Edmonds to give the guy, make him think he's getting a good running back in return. Throw in a Daryl Henderson, a Michael Carter, whoever you need to do. Same goes for the second trade. Leonard Fournette and Kirk Cousins, give me Austin Eckler there. Derrick Henry straight up, give me Austin Eckler there as well. Uh, Aaron Jones straight up, give me Austin Eckler there too. So another guy that we can talk about in the same vein is Joe Mixon. Similarly, we have Joe Mixon, who's a good running back. We know he's a good running back. He finishes a top five running back last year in a great offense with Joe Burrow and all these wide receivers to draw attention away from Joe Mixon. The issue with Joe Mixon lies in the fact that the Bengals have this new offensive line, right? They bring in Lyle Collins, they sign Alex Kappa, they bring in all these pieces, and it's taking these guys some time to gel, and it's affecting the offense negatively. The Bengals are 0-2 right now. They're not performing up to snuff on offense, except for maybe when the fourth quarter gets close, and they're able to bring themselves, claw themselves back into these games and narrowly lose them. It feels 
weird defending Joe Mixon because as you guys know, he was, you know, not a guy I was in on last year, but the guy might be able to be had for 90 cents on the dollar. And this is a guy that is a attached to a great offense, attached to a great quarterback and ha- should have a ton of scoring opportunities. And because the Bengals are currently struggling, you might be able to get this guy for a discount. The interesting thing about Mixon's workload too, from a usage perspective is that he's played 7% more of the snaps so far in two games than he did last year, 16% more of the carries respective to the Bengals offense. And more importantly, 10% more of his team's targets and 32% more of the two minute drill snaps. So we're seeing in Hayden Winks, fantasy usage model that you guys can check out uh, over on underdogs um, blog site. He's expected over 20 half PPR points per game for one of the best workloads that we're seeing at the running back position in the NFL right now. He's currently only averaging 13.9 half PPR points per game in actuality. So we're talking about a major regression candidate, six, seven points of positive regression coming based on his workload. So Joe Mixon, a big time guy that I'm going out and buying right now. If you can flip, you know, Dalvin Cook for him straight up right now. If you can flip Nick Chubb straight for him right now. If you can flip Aaron Jones straight up for him right now. Uh, maybe you can do two for one type of trades, two for two type of trades where you're, you know, upgrading slightly at running back, downgrading sh- uh, slightly at wide receiver. Definitely like all those moves. These moves are definitely big time fans of as well. If you have a lot of depth trading a James Robinson and a Devontae Smith or James Robinson, you know, and name X receiver, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, whatever, and getting up to a Joe Mixon is exactly what we want to be doing. We want to be taking our depth. Hopefully you guys drafted well. So you have a very deep roster. You've been working the waivers and all that kind of stuff. You can package two of your depth pieces that are still good options and are still going to help the team to get up to a stud like Joe Mixon. And the same can be said for Javante Williams, who, in my opinion, is probably the easiest positive regression candidate I've seen so far this year. We have clarity about his role right now. His role is not why he is not valued as a top 10 uh, running back rest of season in redraft right now. This is a 65-35 split, which is about exactly what we kind of expected coming into the season. But Javante Williams is soaking up all of the valuable receiving work. You guys can see on the screen right now, he is running 48% of the long down and distance snaps. 88% of the two-minute drill snaps has a 30% targets per route run and a 22% target share overall. Javante Williams has gotten unlucky right now. He has got some bad touchdown luck. The Broncos offense is also not playing up the snuff to the level of talent that they have given uh, what Russell Wilson has represented as a quarterback in the past and also just what they have at their disposal to be able to throw to and move the ball on offense. They're going to figure it out eventually. I don't think they're going to be a dumpster fire offense, the 2019 Browns or whatever. I think this offense will eventually get humming. And that when that happens, Javante Williams will not have to do so much on his own because right now he pretty much has to do everything on his own. And he's capable of doing that because he's clearly an elite talent. But we need this Broncos offense to pick up the pace a little bit, get right, and then eventually Javante Williams will have those big plays go his way, will have those scoring opportunities go his way. And he should be, you know, top five, top eight running back for the rest of the season. And you can definitely have him for less than that price tag right now. You can trade, you know, as you guys can see on the screen, Chase Edmonds and Drake London for Javante Williams and Robert Woods. Solid two for two type of deal right there. You take a guy on the up with Drake London, who I love for the rest of the season, but I would much rather have Javante Williams. Same goes with uh, Dalvin Cook and Allen Robinson here. Michael Pittman pretty much straight up for Javante Williams and also Javante Williams and Chris Olave in that trade. Allen Robinson and James Robinson, a little Robinson bro trade with Javante Williams. These are the type of moves that you want to be making. Upgrade yourself to some superstars like Javante Williams. Another guy that I think is probably in more deeper leagues, more PPR style, you know, three wide receiver, two flex type of leagues. A great buy low candidate right now is Elijah Moore. And here's the thing. Garrett Wilson looks great. And there's a great chance that Garrett Wilson continues to look great because he was a great prospect. He is playing out of his mind and he's commanding targets at a high rate. But Elijah Moore is also confirmed to be a great player. Great PFF receiving grade as a rookie. 
Over 1.75 yards per route run as a rookie last year. Elijah Moore is confirmed a solid wide receiver, a very capable number one wide receiver in the NFL, and at least a capable number two to Garrett Wilson if he ends up being some superstar rookie. He's also operating as the number one of this team. He's running 91% of the routes to Garrett Wilson, 63% on the season so far. We also have um, Zach Wilson coming back pretty soon, which people think is a negative for whatever reason. I honestly don't understand why people think that Joe Flacco was better than Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson was a rookie quarterback last year. He's got all this talent at his disposal. He's going to take a step forward. And I think Zach Wilson helps Elijah Moore because Zach Wilson obviously had a full year of Elijah Moore chemistry to work out last year. And also during training camp, Zach Wilson was running with the first team as the starting quarterback and Elijah Moore was operating as the number one. Garrett Wilson as a rookie was operating with the second team and Joe Flacco, which kind of makes sense why these guys have this great connection so far. But either way, however way you slice it, I think Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson will be able to coexist. This offense is running a lot more up-tempo than I expected. They're a top six offense right now in pace to play top six offense in pass rate. This is a great situation for two great wide receivers. And I think people are discounting Elijah Moore right now because we're seeing the production with Garrett Wilson. We're not seeing it yet with Elijah Moore, but he's open out there. He has plenty of routes where he is winning. It's just not going his way right now. So eventually it's going to correct itself. Go out and buy yourself some Elijah Moore. Another set of players that I'm looking to buy right now is the elite three tight ends and not Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey. They're performing at a high level. They're going to cost you a pretty penny to go after. Who I'm referring to is Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, and George Kittle. And I teased it on the takeaway show, but we're seeing play out exactly why I don't draft tight ends early. The elite tight ends go for an arm and a leg in your fantasy drafts because they provide a positional advantage at that point in time. But what happens when they have a couple down weeks? They're not suddenly providing that positional advantage anymore. You get them for a discount in trades with Kyle Pitts, with Darren Waller, and George Kittle because of his injury. We know that talent isn't an issue for these players. We know that they're great tight ends. They're some of the best tight ends in the league. If we had to rank the top five tight ends in talent, they would probably all be in the top five tight ends overall. But they get elite usage. They're just not getting the elite fantasy production right now. They're all 20 to 23% target share guys. They're big end zone targets, big red zone targets as well. The easiest way to go after these elite tight ends is to take a tight end that is currently performing, whether it's Pat Fryermuth, Zach Ertz, Gerald Everett, you know, Dawson Knox, Doss, uh, Dallas Goddard, whatever, a tight end that's currently performing well and add a small piece like Jahan Dotson, who's performing well at wide receiver, Michael Carter, Jeff Wilson, Daryl Henderson, Curtis Samuel, whatever the case is, and try and pull off a two for one or a two for two if you get a small piece back in return. And you're going to be able to get these elite tight ends for a discount. Kyle Pitts right now, perfect example of what I'm talking about. We have Gerald Everett and Michael Carter being traded away for Kyle Pitts. If you can pull off any trade similar to the structure that I just said, pull it off right now to go after Kyle Pitts. Irv Smith and Jahan Dotson, another similar example to what I talked about. Pull off trades like this. Robert Woods and Jahan Dotson for Kyle Pitts and Marcus Mariota do trades like this. Same goes for Darren Waller. You have Dawson Knox and Tua going for Darren Waller and Brees Hall. Darren Waller for Curtis Samuel and Devin Duvernay. Darren Waller and Brees Hall for Juju Smith-Schuster and Darrell Henderson. There's a lot of ways you can go after these elite tight ends. And like I said, same goes for George Kittle as well. Coming off of the injury, he's another guy to go out and buy now that Jimmy Garoppolo is back as the starting quarterback also. So some sell highs as we talk about in these videos as well. Some of the guys that you want to be selling high rather than buying low with the first set of guys is these four running backs. All these guys are running backs. I told you guys we're going to be focusing on running backs in this video. Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, CEH, and James Robinson. And the reason that I'm grouping all these guys together as the sell high running backs is because they all have something in common. They are all in split backfields. Nick Chubb is splitting time pretty much evenly with Kareem Hunt. Aaron Jones is splitting time pretty much evenly with AJ Dillon. They're all sharing routes. They're all sharing goal line touches. They're all sharing carries. 
CEH is part of a split backfield in Kansas City. They're mixing in Pacheco. They're mixing in uh, Jarek McKinnon. They're mixing in other guys. James Robinson is splitting time with Travis Etienne, specifically on third down and in some of these long down and distance situations. All these running backs have the same thing in common. They're split running backs in split backfields with you know potentially some good matchups that they've played. They've performed at a high level, but you can capitalize on people in your leagues thinking that they're more than what they've actually showcased. We know what Nick Chubb is. He's a back-end RB1, high-end RB2 because of the usage. Because he's such a great player, he's going to perform like this from time to time. He is one of the best running backs in the NFL. But Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb don't have sustainable RB1 upside because they don't get huge workloads. And you can swap them one-for-one with guys who do, like Austin Eckler, like Joe Mixon, like Javante Williams, guys who I've mentioned in this video. I would rather have all three of those guys than either of these two guys one-for-one in a straight-up swap-for-swap. And in some cases, you might be able to get Javante Williams plus for Nick Chubb or for Aaron Jones. So if you can make those trades, go out and trade for Javante, go out and trade for Mixon, go out and trade for Eckler, go out and trade for Dalvin Cook, go out and trade for DeAndre Swift and Saquon Barkley using some of these guys as leverage pieces. You guys can see Nick Chubb was traded straight up for Javante Williams, straight up for Najee Harris, Nick Chubb and Marquise Brown for DeAndre Swift, et cetera, et cetera. And then Clyde Edwards Hilaire and James Robinson are more so in the same category because they're not back-end RB1, high-end RB2s like the other two guys. They're more so like back-end RB2s performing as high-end RB2s right now. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and James Robinson have been performing above expectation based on their usage. We know they're in split backfields. As much as I think they can be solid contributors for your fantasy team, your league mates might have a higher perception of them. They might be thinking, holy shit, CEH is taking over this backfield. He's going to be an RB1 for the rest of the year. James Robinson is making Travis Etienne look like dust. He is going to be an RB1 for the rest of the year. And if you can get RB1 value for these players, which you definitely can, in some more casual leagues, then take advantage of it. You guys can see CH was traded along with Rashad Bateman for Alvin Kamara and Hunter Renfro. CH and Gabe Davis all the way up to Jamar Chase. CH, Keenan Allen, and Gabe Davis for Justin Jefferson and Devontae Smith. Use these guys to go out and get yourself proven superstars. James Robinson was traded in a package deal to go out and get T. Higgins. James Robinson for Mike Williams straight up. James Robinson for Marquise Brown straight up. There's a number of different moves that you can make using these guys as leverage. Again, we want to be selling players off of big weeks when their market perception is higher than their actual value. We want to take a good objective look at these players, look at their usage, look at their talent level and say, okay, they're mid RB2s or low end RB2s or high end RB2s or back-end RB1s, and if the perception of your league is that they have RB1 upside or they have high-end RB1 upside, then you can generate some quick profit by moving up a tier at the running back position. And same goes for any wide receivers that are over and underperforming. Quarterback, same thing. Tight end, same thing. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Like I said, let's try and get this video to 500 likes. These videos usually get five to 10,000 views. If you guys can get us to 500 likes, really, really appreciate it. A quick way that you guys can support us is just by hitting the like button. It takes you two seconds, really helps us out. Doesn't cost you anything. Leave a comment down below as well. Subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. And if you do want to support us in any way, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange is how you can do so. Uh, for only $10 a month, you'll get access to our weekly rankings, our rest of season rankings, which will be dropping this week. You get access to our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto. You get first dibs on Dynasty Decisions episodes that we're going to be doing. You get behind-the-scenes looks at our show sheets for our matchup charts for the running back and wide receiver start and sit videos. All that can be yours over on Patreon. Also, check out our TikTok. Check out uh, Underdog Fantasy as well if you guys are interested in running some best ball resurrection drafts. If you want to do some pickums before the games are a ton of fun. They're super simple. They're super easy. You can bet the higher or lower on players' fantasy points. So if you have a gut feeling that a guy is going to go off this week, then you can just go on Underdog Fantasy. 
put together a pick'em line, use their pick'em insurance as well. So if you want to generate a pick'em slip with five players, five uh, higher or lowers, and you only need to get four right to make your money back and to make some uh, profit on top of it, you can definitely check that out as well. And when you use the promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit, you'll get 100% on whatever you put in. So if you put in 20 bucks to do some pick'ems, you have $40 on the site to play with. And as a free thank you, for using our promo code and not some other YouTube channel or, or you know whatever's promo code, you'll get access to our weekly rankings. You'll get access to our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto totally for free for the rest of the season if you use our promo code FSE at underdogfantasy.com. So check that out if you're interested. It'll be down below in the pinned comment. That being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Why you need the money?